Bike Talk, and we're on the phone with Dana from the hospital. Hi, Dana. Hi. How's it going over there? Um, I don't know. It's pretty good. I'm having like breakfast, and a couple of my friends are here. Um, do you, do you have friends there all the time? Seems like. Yeah, pretty much. Like the bike scene has been awesome. Like a lot of my friends are all just, like nonstop. Like some of them spent the night. Um. When I wake up in the morning to like basically when I go to sleep, people are here. Did Did you just have your surgery? Uh, no. They ended up. They're gonna give me the surgery later. They've been um, having me take more X-rays and MRIs to make sure exactly what I needed. And what What do they say is going on? Uh, I have two broken legs. Okay. And my shoulder was out of joint, and they're going to also check if it still really hurts. And they're going to look at the x-ray and possibly do more on it to see what's wrong with it completely. What, what does that feel like? Um, Like the bones, like, are making, you know, like rubbing. Like I feel them crack every time I move a certain way. Oh, my God. Really sore. Um, my legs are basically wrapped in a cast up to, like, my hip. Um, should you be feeling the bones running around in a cast? Uh, no, I can't move my legs. Oh. At all. Oh. They, they're completely straight and, like, stuck out. So. Wow. How long have you been in the hospital now? Four days? Three days? Since Wednesday night. Um, and, uh, so... How long are you going to be there? Are you going to be there for, like, six weeks or so? Or? Um, I'm not sure. Like, they told me it was going to be till Friday, and clearly it's, you know, Saturday. Um, oh. But, I mean, um, it, it takes a while to get out of the hospital for, for yeah. something like that, right? And, and do you want to talk to me about um, Wednesday night? What? About, uh, that, you know, what, how it happened? Oh, uh, yeah. Hold on one second. You have to take one of my pills. Okay. <laughs> okay. So we're talking to Dana, and uh, she was on the Midnight Riders ride Wednesday when a drunk driver plowed into the group. Um, and, uh... Well, yeah. what I remember was that we, we went to, like, go see this really pretty view in Culver City. It was off Jefferson. We were all coming back down from it, and there were, you know, there were a lot of things that people were waiting on the, on one of the lanes of the road. It was to turn left, because I even, like, saw some of the videos finally, mm-hmm. and it was a turn lane. So she shouldn't have even been in the lane. But there were about 40 of us, and we were all kind of taking the lane probably like, you know, a pretty good amount of it. You know, so the city it was very you... visible. Uh-huh. We all had like our lights on. I was near the front of the group, not quite in the front. And I remember hearing car back. And the next thing I remember is feeling some 
like a shark being being like lifted into the air and then being on top of the car. Wow. And she continued to drive with me on top of the car. And I saw my friend in the in the windshield and then she finally stopped and people went surrounding the car. Uh, they took me off of it and they took my friend off of the windshield and laid him down beside me to remember that I knew that I could walk and that my neck and my left side was like a lot of And I thought like that he was dead. Roger was the one that was in the windshield and he wasn't moving. Everything was like bloody. And then the ambulances came, and there were, you know, that, that's pretty much what it Have you talked to Roger? I haven't gotten to talk to him. All of, he's in the same hospital as me. A lot of my friends are making their rounds. You know, they come here and visit me, and then they go visit him. And so they're going back and forth. He's on the floor underneath me in the ICU. Uh, um, it's his birthday on Sunday, actually, so I oh, called the nurse. He's already, like, rolling me down to his room so we can hang out or something, but... So he's awake? He's awake, but he's going through a lot of surgeries. He's the worst off of everyone. They had to put him in a coma when he first came in because he was in so much pain. Mm-hmm. He broke his shoulder, his jaw. One of his legs, like he can't eat anything right now, other than, you know, like, mush food. And he's gone through several surgeries, and it's going to be done with him until, I think, Monday. So he can, he's eating what kind of food? Uh, he can have, he can have, like, I think, applesauce and things like that. That's it. So, who else got, uh... Got hurt in this. Uh, no, there are about six other people that are hospitalized. One, her name is Dora, and she's at UCLA Medical Center. She broke one leg and has some bleeding in her brain. Uh, I think she oh. might have been the one that was dragged out of the car. Oh my god. Uh, there was another boy named Byron this year. There's a girl named Cassandra, and there's also a girl named Casey, who nobody knew who she was. She was like a new rider with her first ride. We picked her up because she had a flat, and somebody on the ride fixed it for her, and she decided to continue coming on the ride with us. And uh, she she's in a coma. She came in, and nobody knew who she was. She didn't have any ID. You know, it's the first time nobody knew her. Like, they thought her hair was red, but really it was blonde. It was red because of all of the blood. That's, she... Yeah. What did you she, say? She lost almost all her blood? Is that what you She... Her hair was red because her head was so bloody. She's okay. really blonde. Oh, my God. And she... Nobody knows really who she is or her last name. But she's here in a coma. Um, I don't really know other people other than Dora and Roger, but I know there are multiple other people that are here. A lot of people got hit 
and six are in the hospital. Eleven got hit, and six are and six are hospitalized. So, what speed was the driver going? Well, apparently, like this is what I heard. I never saw it because I never saw anything. I just got hit. She, she saw everybody. People said that she saw like they saw her expression that she noticed that something was there. She was texting and she was drunk. And he said that she tried to press the brake, but she accidentally pressed the gas. And that's why she accelerated, because she started going at 60 miles an hour. So, so she was texting. Yes. And, and she was also found to be drunk, right? She was drunk, and she sped up when she noticed that I was on top of the car because she thought that we were coming to chase her down. She sped up on purpose then after? After. I think that she she was really scared is what she told everybody because she thought we were all going to do something to her. Everybody did surround the car and stop. And he was nearly, apparently, in the back seat. Like, he was through the window, like, really far. Like, just, like, just sticking out. Okay. So, did you talk to this woman? I never got to talk to her. Because they sat me down, and they put Roger, like, pretty much beside me. I couldn't get up. She went back into the car. And then when the police came, they put her in the front seat of the car and no handcuffs. And she didn't get out and talk to anybody. She talked to one person at the scene and told them that she just didn't see us. She said what? She said she didn't see us. But I, I didn't get to talk to her. Um, so some people feel that She's really not being treated with the seriousness that that this deserves. Her case is not is not taken as seriously as it should be. I agree. Um, she was given fifteen thousand dollars bail, and she it was a misdemeanor. Yeah. Well, they told me that it's been bumped up to a felony now. It's been bumped up to what? A felony. A felony. They told me that, but I'm not completely sure. Well, there's there's just I think a sense that that bike accidents are treated differently. Well, they were making this huge deal that we were drunk, or you know that that there were condoms and all of these things. But I mean, I go to UCLA. I had work the next day. I wasn't drunk, and she still it, it doesn't have anything to do with the fact that whether or not we were drunk drove with me on the top of her car. You know, she put somebody through a windshield. That if there were a bunch of drunk pedestrians walking around on the road, whether or not they're sober or drunk, and somebody comes and hits them with their car, it, yeah. it's still a big deal. And, and we weren't even pedestrians on the road. We were about to ride our bikes. And we have every right to be on the road when we're all riding our bikes. Mm. It's three people for bikes to to take up the lane, and we had about 40 people. 
Mm-hmm. We have the right to take the lane. Yeah, if you watch the news report on ABC, it says, you know, it, it brings up the fact that, that, you, that there were, there was beer found at the scene and there, and there were condoms found at the scene as if this is like a, a mitigating factor in her, in, you know, her crashing into you. Yeah. So, um, and the condoms, I don't know who they were. I don't think they were really a part of this. It has something to do with it. The beer is nothing to do with either. They even, um, like, found out my blood alcohol level. And it, I was not intoxicated. So that has absolutely nothing to do with the situation. Because I'm one of the people that got hit. And I don't know about several of the other people, whether or not they were drunk or not. But we were not all intoxicated. There were no tons on me, and I still have two broken legs and I'm in the hospital. So for them to blame it on things like that is completely ridiculous. So, so I have one person on Facebook is saying that there needs to, they're asking what you, what could be done about this, you know? Yeah. Um, and do you, do you have any ideas like letters letters to the, to the DA, to the mayor, to the police, to yeah. the media? I think letters would be a good thing. I just think that, you know, any kind of thing that we can show that the bike community is responsible and that they're caring. Like, you know, so many people have been coming here to see me. It just shows how how tight-knit the bike community is. Like, people have been here every day to take care of me and be responsible and that we're, we're not just a bunch of hoodlums that don't care. We're not getting drunk, not going out at night, but, you know, we're doing something. We, we ride our bikes because we love it. We ride our bikes because it's our transportation. We are a big group of caring individuals who are doing this for the environment. We're not doing this for some kind of crazy party. You know, just things like that to show that we're all responsible people and part of this community that, you know, is making a difference. And that for somebody to do something like this, that's just not okay. But yeah, writing letters, you know, any kind of public things and statements to do to make it show that we're not going to go away. Mm-hmm. That we're not just going to be quiet and do something like this, you know. Do you think there will be a Midnight Riders kind of response along these lines? Oh, uh, there really has been, I think. Like, actually, somebody had a ride that they posted that came here. They talked to the news. It was called, like, Justice Ride. Uh, I know several other people that are um, in Midnight Riders that are doing things like pancake fundraisers right now. And doing different things like that to get the awareness up for this. Uh, and some other people who have, um, gone out and done some road tests where they drove in a car to see and at 40 miles an hour down the same road with people standing with their lights on with their bikes to see whether or not, you know, we were visible. Because mm-hmm. yeah. She couldn't see us. You know, doing different things like that to really like help prove the case. Because, you know, 
most of us are in the hospital, so we can't do anything about it. And there's just been a lot of people reaching out to do something and make it so that, yeah, we know support. And, you know, people have been finding, like, information for me. That's been really good. You know, like when the when the mayor got in an accident on his bike, yeah, he things changed for biking in L.A. Yeah, and I mean, I, certain things came out of it, like the "Give Me Three Feet" campaign, I think, possibly. Um, <laughs> maybe something will come from this. That's what I really hope happens. You know, I was talking to the person who's leading this ride, and you know, it this is a negative thing. This this is really. It really stinks, you know, that this happened, and I'm not happy. But I know that if we all come together, and, you know, like so many people in the fight community are coming together over this, so many people are upset, that we can make this into something positive. Instead of taking this and just being upset and being in the hospital, we can all come together and, you know, make it so that there's a boss change so that, drunk drivers, you know, are punished for doing things like this so that there are more safety laws for people like bikers who are biking tonight. Instead of saying, well, why were you biking tonight with this big group? You can't do that. They should be making it more safe for us. And we have the ability to do that because we're in this situation. And rather than turning it into a negative and, and saying how bad it is, we can make it into something positive. Okay. And we can really do something good for LA and the bike community. Yeah. So, where, so I guess we'll. Is there is there some way that the way that we can direct people who are interested in following, following the repercussions, following the to what comes uh-huh. out of this? Midnight Riders, or should they follow you on Facebook? Or uh, they can follow me on Facebook. I've been adding a lot of people. Uh, I I know that a lot of people are looking things up for me so I can post more information. I know that there are a lot of people just doing different things to try and help. Uh, I I don't know if we can make like a Facebook group or something where people can post stuff. I know that Bike Talk is giving a lot of information. I've seen that people posting all the stuff in there. Yeah. So, well, and- um, is there a Twitter for you? I don't have a Twitter. I just have a Facebook. Your Facebook is Dana Dirty South. Yeah. How'd you get that name? Um, I'm from North Carolina. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And um, can you say what hospital you're at, in case people want to contact? Well, I'm from college, so I go to UCLA. Okay. So I moved here three years ago to go to UCLA. You're at the UCLA hospital? Uh, yeah, I go to UCLA. All right. Um, so are you ever going to go back on uh, group rides? Yeah, I probably. I mean, it's, it's going to be hard, but I have so many people that are helping support me and want me to come back. They're like, you know, I know it'll be hard for you, but I'll I'll go back. It wasn't the group ride's fault. It was the drunk driver's fault. We, we didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. You know, my bike is ruined. People are have already bought me new bike parts so that I can start booking a new one. 
people are being very supportive. Like, it's not the bike community. They didn't do anything wrong in the situation. We were doing everything that we were allowed to do, and we were being completely legal. We had our lights on. We were taking one lane. It was the driver's fault, and this could have happened in a bike group. It could have happened not in a bike group. And honestly, if it would have happened when I wasn't on a group bike ride, I could have been that. You know, what would I have done? Nobody would have helped the way that I'm being helped now. So, I I would go on another group bike ride. These are the people that have been here for me. I have no family here. My mom is flying from North Carolina. That's where I was born and raised. All my family is there. But I still constantly have people in my room because of the wonderful bikes that we have in L.A. Like, spending the night with me, making sure that I'm okay, giving me coffee. They went to my house and bought my things. You know? Yeah. Wow. It's not the bike. It's the drunk drivers and the situation that we were in, and we're going to make it into something positive, I'm, I'm sure. Well, I'm glad. To, well, definitely, we'll be following that, and and I'd love to, you know, help you any way I can, and, and Bike Talk will help, uh, you know, to, to try to turn it into something positive if possible. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, maybe. Uh, is there anything else you want to? Well, everybody should show up to the the court date, which is on seven eleven. Like I don't know much information about it right now because I just started looking at all of the news. Because I didn't really have a computer before, but yeah, I think having a huge bike presence at her court date would be an amazingly big, you know, to show up person. So yeah, um, so Seven Eleven, and well, that's easy to remember. And where? I can look it up for everybody. And but I'm not exactly sure. And and while you're looking that up, I saw there was a bike. A, a accident injury attorney, a personal injury attorney, who was t- who posted about the accident. Oh really? Yeah. The, I, I haven't seen a lot of the news at all. Like I've been staying off of it. I haven't really watched a lot of the videos and the news reports. I know I've had interviews, but I haven't really seen them because it was just too much for me to see at the moment. Yeah. But people have been telling different things. People have been giving me the names of lawyers and things like that. But I know that uh, there will be a a court hearing on seven eleven. Okay, and you and you'd like as many bike people yeah. from bike community to come out. I think that would be really good. That to show that you know the support of the community. Well, the um. Where they help us and things like that, and you know. Show that we're a good, safe, healthy community that wants to protect everybody and we want to be safe on the road. Well, this is something I think people can can get, um, you know, can come together around. Yeah. Definitely. So, this guy Paul Ralph is a personal injury trial mm-hmm. attorney, and he wrote, he posted on their blog uh, all about it. Okay. So, um, let me check that out. Ralph's blog? Um, well, it's the law offices of Paul W. Ralph, 
in uh, Orange County, and um, apparently Paul Ralph blogged about it, um, the whole news story, and then he talks about um, just he talks about the it says that the horrible accident is a stark reminder of what carnage a careless or intoxicated driver can do behind the wheel of a two-ton vehicle. Bicyclists have just as much right to utilize public roadways as the operator of a motor vehicle. Is there a link to this anywhere for me to follow? Yeah, um, I mean, it's um, it's been on Facebook. It's if you go to uh, if you go to um, you can see it on Bike Talk's like profile. Okay. So this is on Bike Talk. Yeah, I I just started looking at all of the things for a while. It's kind of too much to to look at. Um, I can actually give you the guy's number too. I mean, it's just, it's okay. Here. Well, I can write it down, but yeah, I'm. I've seen a few of the things that people are still writing, and I'm definitely going to do a lot more research. Like, when my mom comes through, we're just going to look at everything together. Uh-huh. Good. Yeah. She hasn't really seen much about the news, and she's been doing as much research as she could, but, yeah. She must have been pretty freaked out. Yeah, she was the first one that I saw him. And I had to hang up because they had to put me in the ambulance and she was, and my phone was dying. So oh, it was very, yeah. It was, it was stressful. Because she's all the way in North Carolina and there was a lot of noise. So it's, it's been, I, I'm out of that, you know, crazy stage and I'm, I'm ready to, you know, start looking at things and watching the news. And, and seeing really what happens. And I'm glad that so many people have been posting on the wall. I've got a lot of support. And, and a lot of people have been sending me things and calling. And, and I'm really glad that you're doing this interview, you know, to bring awareness for it. So. Well, thank you for, yeah, thank you for talking to us. Yeah. It's important. We can do something to make this positive and there can be new laws. I'm sure something good can come out of this. Can I ask what you're studying at UCLA? I'm studying photography and anthropology. What's the second one? Anthropology. Oh, good. Yeah. Those so, seem like they would go together. Well, yeah, they're, they're interesting kind of kids, but I, I really like both of them, and I love being in school and... Unfortunately, I have to drop my summer classes, but I'll be back. Yeah. Um, cool. All right. Well, anything else? Is there anybody else there who wants to talk to us? Uh, no, we both want to go get coffee. Okay. So, you could call Roger. I don't know if you would be able to talk or not, or have to give you the number for some other people. Okay, yeah. Let me... Uh take that uh, off the air. Take what? I'll take, I'll take those numbers off. I'll put on a okay. song, I guess, because we don't want okay. their numbers everywhere. Okay, yeah. Like, I can tell you, like, I can get off the phone and then write them down and send them. Oh, to yeah. That's, so that'd be good. That makes sense. Okay. So should I send it to Bike Talk or what? Yeah, 
Yeah, just uh, our, our email is livebiketalk at gmail dot com. Email, okay. Bikeetalk at gmail dot com. Live, live bike talk. Live bike talk at gmail dot com. Okay. All right. Well, um, thanks a lot. We'll... Uh huh. Thank you. All right. Um, but uh, yeah, I want to keep in touch. All right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I'll be around. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay. All right. Talk, Bye. Talk soon. Bye. Okay, that was Dana, and we are going to wait. Paul is Paul. Chicken Leather's coming. We're gonna. I'm gonna put some music on. If you want to hear more about, if you want to learn more about what's going on with Dana, check out Dana Dirty South at on Facebook. And hopefully we'll talk to Roger and some of the other people who were hit. Um, and maybe we can talk to this uh, personal injury attorney. Uh, that might have to be next week. Here's a song. The song is called The Bike Song. Listening to Bike Talk on kpfk.org or live on killradio.org. And... We're every Saturday. See us on Facebook, livebiketalk at gmail.com. Touch with those people? 
Uh, I haven't been keeping in touch with them. We actually went over there, was it, it was the night before last, and, uh, to go visit, but they were all in surgery, so. But there was a group of people who had just visited, them. there was like 10 or 15 people there. <clears throat> so a lot of people have been, you know, visiting and supporting everyone. Yeah, I was talking to Dana about how, you know, maybe something will come out of this, like the mayor's uh, campaigns for biking in Ciclavia and support and all that from his bike accident. Maybe, yeah. Try try to stay hopeful about that. But um, I'm already seeing indications from, you know, at least from LAPD that, that um, you know, they're trying to blame the – they're trying to throw blame on the, on the cyclists. So we're um, – building a case against that. I was I was out with uh, Trick Miller and a couple of witnesses um, the other night um, filming the the uh, scene of the crime because one of the one of the uh, preliminary conclusion or one of the conclusions of the preliminary investigation is that um, this driver was coming around a blind curve and um, couldn't see everybody standing in the uh, you know, with their bikes on the on the street, so we wanted to find out, you know, exactly how blind that curve was. And looking on the Google Maps, um, it looks like the curve or the bend in the road was about a thousand feet um, back, which is ten football fields. Is that is that right? A thousand feet or like something like that, like three. It's far. Something I don't even know what a football field is, anyways. Fifty yards, right? Or, sorry, hundred yards. Like yards, so three hundred feet. So three three football fields back um, was the the bend in the road. So you know, we we did a little video and and showed that the line of sight to where the group was was you know about five hundred feet at night. If you're you know if if there was any bike lights at all. We used four bike lights and had um, some guys stand where the crash happened and established that, you know, a minimum of 450 feet back was had, had plenty of visibility at night. So. so you actually went out there at night and, yeah. and measured it and everything? Uh, well, we... We measured it using Google Maps because the distances are so huge. But um, uh, I created a Google Map with uh, markers where all the the incidents happened. Um, we brought a couple witnesses out there to uh, verify um, where the crash happened and where um, you know people were grouping up, getting ready to to uh, leave the park that they were at. Um, and while we were out there, actually, uh, Culver City um, detectives rolled up, and um, we told them what we were doing, and they were doing basically the same thing. So, it and and that was promising because they're going to be taking over the investigation mm-hmm. um, since it actually technically occurred in Culver City, and that was not known at the night of the incident. And that's why the LAPD responded. Mm-hmm. So, um, Culver City. Uh, detectives were really nice and really empathetic, so it seemed it seemed promising mm-hmm. that um, 
there wasn't going to be a blame the victim mentality coming from them that was coming from the LAPD. So, do you think the LAPD has a like a bias? Well, I don't think everybody in the LAPD does, but I, you know, I'm I'm a member of the LAPD by task force, and we had a meeting the day after on Thursday that, you know, the day after the crime happened, and uh, you know, the two, I guess there were the two lead detectives, or one of them was a watch commander, and the other one was a lead detective on the on the uh, in the traffic division that are that are uh, taking care of this case. Um, they were presenting their findings and, you know, they, as soon as I heard primary cause of collision was pedestrians in the street, you know, I, it already felt like, oh, really, that's the primary cause, not the, not the fact that this person was drinking or texting or, you know, was drunk. It's that there were people in the, in the street. You know, and I've talked to other uh, police officers about this who, you know, disagree with that finding that are saying, well, that, you know, that could be a contributing factor, but it's very rarely the, you know, the primary factor. I mean, you, in those kinds of situations, people have to, like, run out in front of a car, you know, with, when the car has no ability to to stop in time like a kid running out into the street after a ball Mm -hmm. but you know according to the law if there's pedestrians in the street the car has to yield regardless of the reason why those pedestrians are in the street you know um if you have say you know let's say one of those riders had fallen you know a cyclist or got hit by a car earlier and was down and there was a group of people, you know, trying to render aid, that car launching down Jefferson at high speed uh, would be at fault if it plowed into those people because those people had a reason to be there. And in this case, I mean, they were exiting a, you know, a driveway and they were um, mounting up their bikes, getting ready to go, from what I understand. And that's a reason to be, you know, in the in the lane. And they were in one lane. They were in all three lanes. So, um, you know, this, according to witnesses, several cars saw them, slowed, drove around, that sort of thing. Um, and we, we're not sure why this person, who actually, from witness accounts, slowed and then sped up. So we're not not quite sure what what happened. She slowed. Uh, did she speed up before hitting them, or sped up after hitting them? Sped up before hitting them, from what I understand. There was there was a couple of bike riders riding uh, eastbound on Jefferson towards the group, and um, you know people had their flasher lights on, their blinker lights, and uh, so did so did these guys that were riding. And from what I understand, she like slowed up past these guys, you know, that were riding and then apparently sped up um, right before slamming into everybody. So. And she says that she acts, she meant to put her foot on the brake and put on the accelerator. That's what she was saying? That's what Dana said, that she said. Oh, really? Okay. Well, then, 
you know, who knows? Does that mean that she was impaired by alcohol? We will find out, you know, I guess in, in court. Well, we know she was impaired by alcohol, right? Yeah, I mean, she blew a point oh eight at the scene, which is above the legal limit, I believe. And then later on, she blew a point oh seven when she was in custody for a couple hours, so. <laughs> so is that, so do you think there's a, um, why is this case important? Um, this case is important because I think that the streets, the, the speed limits on the streets are not doing their job. They're not keeping people from driving reasonable speeds on our, on our surface streets. You know, there, the, the speed limit in the area was 40 miles an hour. There's, you know, there's a park there, you know, um, it's, it's, uh, it's a place where people, you know, go, where kids go, families go, you know, and even while we were there, this was like 1030 at night, um, doing our investigation, the, you know, there was a, a few cars that pulled up with people, like couples, and it's, it's like this vista point where people go to see the city, you know, and it looks beautiful up there. I've never actually been up there, but from what I understand, it's beautiful up there. And so, you know, why, why are, you know, why are people launching themselves down this street? I mean, it's, it's really easy on a street like that to, to do more than 40 miles an hour. I mean, when I was driving it, it felt slow to drive 40 miles an hour. So I'm pretty sure, I mean, from what the witnesses are telling me, this woman was speeding and it's really easy and our streets make it really easy to do. So the, maybe there could be some kind of a traffic calming happening over here? Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what they do in Europe when you're on a regular, you know, in, in a lot of Northern European countries, they have traffic calming. They separate, you know, car traffic from pedestrian and, and uh, bicycle traffic. It's a pretty reasonable thing to do, and it's very safe. I mean, their, their uh, traffic fatality rate completely destroys ours. I mean, it's much lower. Much lower, yeah. <laughs> Got to find the right way to verbalize it. <laughs> but even though, they, <laughs> even, though uh, have, even though they have more riders. And they have tons more bike riders out there. I mean, that's because their streets are just safe and their gas tax is appropriate. I mean, their, their gas tax is like 2 or $3 a gallon, which goes right back into their infrastructure. And, you know, and in my travels around northern European countries, I mean, I did not see a, a pothole anywhere. I mean, the streets are immaculate. So that's how they take care of them. They they put money back into their, their infrastructure, back into their country. So what, what else are you working on in terms of, um, you know, activism for infrastructure? I mean, that's actually, you're already on the bike task force. Yeah, that, that's more of, like, relations with LAPD. Um, and, you know, there's, there's, uh, there's a meeting every month, and I, I don't go every month. It's, you know, to me it's, it's uh, more important. I mean, it's important to have relations with the LAPD and, and Sergeant David Krumer and Gordon Helper. Those are a couple guys that come on uh, the Midnight Riders website and they they help people out. And you can always call them and 
and they uh, they give you you know they advise you on on uh, various you know things like collisions and and uh, you know why wasn't you know a lot of people get on those boards and they ask why wasn't this person uh, charged with assault with a deadly weapon you know and they explain it and it, it makes sense I mean I don't feel like this woman you know I don't feel like anybody wants to run down a bunch of cyclists. Um, unless it's like, you know, like that case in Brazil where it was very obviously the guy intended to run down a bunch of cyclists. Yeah. Um, so, so, so you got, uh, Chicken Lily has a question, but I, I just have one like, thing is that there's, there's a lot of like, you know, fuck the, fuck the pigs going on right now. Yeah. No, it's, they shouldn't, and they should, they shouldn't be angry and we shouldn't, I mean, we should be angry, but. We shouldn't be lashing out at, and in, you know, it, the more that we insult people or the more we try to, you know, some people are, you know, talking about this woman and say, oh, justice should be served. She should spend 20 years in jail. And it's like, you know, the more that we look like a big old angry mob, like a lynch mob, it's, it's gonna, you know, it, there's not gonna be any sympathy one from the general public, which is important. And, and it's just, it's not, you know, people screw up. This woman screwed up. Um, there's no use, you know, coming down on people so hard. I mean, she's going to be punished. She should lose her license. She should lose her license for, you know, at least five years, but that's not going to happen. Um, what's going to happen is she'll, you know, maybe she will do some jail time or, you know, and her insurance company is, you know, obviously going to fight as hard as possible not to pay anybody for their injuries. But uh, that just tells me that we have a systematic problem. It's a problem with the system. And that goes, you know, there is some reason to be angry at the LAPD. I mean, at some of the officers, because uh, media reports came out the morning of. I was sitting there at like six in the morning watching the news reports. And, you know, one of them, one of the news reports was like this, uh, Stephanie Stanton from NBC. She she reported that condoms and beer bottles were found at the crash scene, and that, that's not the only reporter who said that. Right. There was another reporter, Alex Michael, from uh, ABC, and so that tells me that the LAPD was going around saying, you know, okay, fine, maybe there were beer bottles at the scene. Who knows? I didn't see any in the video footage from that was shown on TV. There was not a single beer can or beer bottle. And you can pretty much guarantee that if they found it at the scene of the site, I mean, at the scene of the crash, that they would have filmed it, you know, because I don't know. I just feel like they would have done that. But there was nothing there. And then condoms? Like, what? So... So what are you trying to say? Is this is this relevant to the case? How is it relevant to the case that condoms were found there? So, and it just doesn't even sound it doesn't sound realistic. Like, okay, so these cyclists were carrying condoms, and when they got hit, they condoms flew onto the ground. Is that what you're saying? Or were they having sex on the pavement at the time of the crash? Or just before, or they carry their used condoms with them and just happen to throw them on the pavement right there. What, you know, obviously this police officer, and we're trying to figure out who it was, was trying to slander. You know, 
it just comes off like they're they're trying to talk shit like oh well these these cyclists were misbehaving so they kind of deserve to get hit you know that's what it smacks of to me and i want to find out who that officer was going around chirping about that kind of stuff because that's just uncalled for yeah well well, you have these contacts Krumer and the other guy can you ask them yeah i mean there's there's a couple people on the case you know um sean bonner he's a prominent blogger and uh uh, you know, internet personality. He's he's also a writer, and he's working on a story. He's he does um blogging in LA. It's a huge blogging website, and he's going to do a story on it. He's questioning. He's sending questions to the reporters. The reporters actually responded back to another uh, uh, person on the Midnight Riders forum, saying that um, you know the officer didn't want to be named and. You know that that he felt like the officer was. I don't know. There's some direct quotes on there, like, you know, something to the effect of both sides were doing wrong. You know, that's the feeling he got, or the impression he got from the officer. You know, like the officer said, "quote Well, you're not hearing the other side of the story. These cyclists are bad people. You know, that kind of thing." So we're going to find out who that is, or at least try to, and really at least bring some attention to it. I mean, yeah. Well, I, this uh, chicken leather here at Roadblock, I, hey. I know there's been, in the past, there's been some some disagreement over who's who's per, per serving and protecting us when it comes to the LAPD. And, and especially, sure. there's, there was a lot of talk on the, on the threads and, and on Facebook, especially, so much so that uh, it, ABC corrected it um, from their earlier reports to their latter reports. Oh, they did. Uh, and and yeah, we we have some of some of that here. But w- one of the things that I, I did notice is they they the condom and things were dropped. But it, you have to remember this was right at the time. This was also breaking news at the time that Wemmer was doing it. There was a scandal in Big Bear about uh, yearbooks having uh, uh, people, teenagers in the background, and then of course. Just, just to make it scintillating, I, I was thinking this should be something that was probably like uh, something pointed in the background, you know, something in the park. Oh yes, the usual trash in the park, and this park has been known to 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 have this and that. And so they, it, it's just something that probably was woven into the to the fabric by by the news reporting or or something. And and yet here it is being re-reported and stuff. And I think towards the end. Uh, especially some of the other news organizations on uh, not not ABC, but some of the other ones, uh, the, the local ABC affiliate, uh, were were able to just say, "Hey, look, let's look at this just black and white. Somebody's texting, admitting they're drunk, or had a few drinks, texting, and running over these people. I, uh, we're just going to call this what it what it is. She's a, a yeah. good person, and it, and it was great to to see that thing. But they also balanced it with the fact that uh, that there were other factors. I, I heard on the other news report that uh, uh, the uh, the streetlights were out. So yeah. maybe the road conditions weren't perfect, but that's no reason to be speeding at sixty miles an hour, even though it it might feel comfortable and it might be something that you do. Normally, but you know, road conditions change. That's why you have to be alert, and that's why. Um, it, and I'm I'm the first one to tell you. Every day when I'm on a bike, I look over and there's either somebody eating, texting on a phone, uh, 
And, and it's like, you know, if I was a police officer, it's like you'd have a field day. But, but it's like, is it about impeding uh, traffic or is it about safety? And, and at one point, I'm sure they wrestle that all the time. But uh, I'm, I'm yeah, I mean, devil's advocate here for something that's more serious than that. Um, as, as every news station does the report from in front of a hospital or something, because that's, that's the sensationalist nature of, of the news cycle that day. Uh, I, I mean, when you have them interrupting news just to tell you that somebody's resigning because of some non-event in, in, the, uh, in, in, in the world when it comes out to them. I mean, surprisingly to me, Fox News was the only newscast that I saw that actually, like, gave a victim-friendly report. Like, I was amazed. I, I put it up on the Midnight Rider site, too, because it was such a, like, fair and balanced report. <laughs> Basically, they were, like, you know, really sympathetic. They're, like, these, these guys were out on their bikes, you know, in the middle of the night, and they say they do that because there's less traffic, which is totally true. And they didn't mention anything about condoms. They were just like, you know, a driver slammed into a bunch of people. That's the story. You know, not, it didn't seem like they were trying to be sensationalist for once. It was kind of crazy. Yeah, I think for, for too long we're, we're looking at this as being, um, you know, they're, they're woven kind of liberal and conservative ideas into the newscast. Uh, I mean, we, we could argue whether this is the, uh, the idea that, well, there's, there's, depraved people, they, they deserve what they get based on one kind of uh, uh, litmus of the, of the scale. It's, it's almost like I, I, I was reading this and all I could remember was the, the cardinal rule in, in a horror film. It's like, well, if you, if you have sex in a horror film or you drink, you're going to die. You know, or <laughs> if you're wearing a red coat or black in a Star Trek movie, you know, if you're the next victim or something. So these, these, are, these are things that are that People are starting to believe, which is really sad. Yeah. I mean, and and they, they shouldn't transcend the, the seriousness of, of, of this, but uh, it, it's out there. Well, um, I, here you go. Nick's got another question. Were you about to sign up? Oh, I thought you were going to. I was just going to say, what about the uh, 7-Eleven court date? Are you going to mobilize people for that? Uh, oh, for the driver? I, I don't think people should. I think... I think um, there should be some representatives there, but I don't think a mob should show up because it's only going to hurt our cause at the end of the day because we're going to look like, you know, it's just if there is people that are going to show up, they should be um, respectful and, you know, just keep it, keep it real low-key, I think, because I just think it's not going to help any cyclist cause if you see a bunch of angry cyclists rah, you know like cause it you know it's it's just a tragedy and and uh it shouldn't we shouldn't be taking this and trying to you know form a lynch mob or something on this this particular woman we should be forming a group at city hall talking about there's you know there's a couple cases going on right now that we should be talking about. We should be talking about Alex Romero in in Canoga Park, who was run down and killed by a speeding driver, who the license plate was captured, and the police have uh, this person's name and location. 
and it's been a month and a half or two months and nothing's happened. They can't find the car. And while at the same time that happened in the same period, I mean, Alex Romero was killed in like April, sometime in April. So I guess even more than like a month and a half. But anyways, that during that same time, you know, the San Francisco Giants fan, you know, God bless his soul. He got his ass whooped at Dodger Stadium. Well, they, you know, they put 20 detectives on that and 6,000 police hours of work into that case. Yet at the same time, they just seem to be dragging their feet and they have an identified person in this Alex Romero case. And that to me, it just doesn't seem fair. It doesn't seem fair that, that the traffic division is handling the Alex Romero, you know, death. And, and who knows? I mean, I happen to know that those traffic division police officers don't have a lot of resources and, my concern is why why aren't they dedicating more resources to that person's death yeah. when they've you know spent so much money and time on you know this Giants fan who you know he didn't deserve to get his ass kicked but you know where's the balance here what where are we how are we balancing our resources is it just because it's the Dodgers and it's opening day and that could affect ticket sales well yeah. yeah. Or is it because Alex Romero is Hispanic, you know, and this Giants fan was white? Wow. You know, I, it makes you wonder. And, and the LAPD is not doing something to change that opinion, to, to make, to, you know, it just makes you wonder. Well, you're there on the bike task force, and that's like our wedge. Mm-hmm. And you get to talk to the police. Definitely. I mean, I don't hold back. I mean, when when I was at that last meeting, you know, I was questioning them on the pedestrian thing. You know, it's like, oh, are they really pedestrians? Or if you're, you know, let's say they're mounting up on their bikes, does that make them vehicles? You know, why why is this different? You know, why are you blaming this group of people where, let's say this driver plowed through um, a bunch of people exiting a Dodger game, you know, in cars? Or, uh, you know, people stopped in traffic. Let's say this car just plowed through a bunch of people stopped in traffic. Mm-hmm. You know, how does that change the responsibility? And they don't have answers for that, you know? Yeah, if a car had been just parked there. A car stopped, you know, as cars stopped. often do. You know, these guys had lights. They had blinky lights. You can see it in the news coverage. You see blinky lights on the bikes, you know? Mm-hmm. So... There was, you know, you can see the blinky lights from 500 feet back, just like you can see car lights, you know, rear lights. So what, you know, if this woman had plowed into the back of a car that was stopped in the in the right lane, as cars often do, would they be blaming the driver, the 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 person that was stopped? You know, let's say this person was letting somebody out, you know, of their car. Right. I I don't see how they could. Yeah. But um, I guess we'll play the some of the news footage and just show how um, biased it seems. Yeah. Go if you go. Uh, I don't know if you guys have anything um, queued up, but there's um, a YouTube video of the Fox News one. I'd like to 
I mean, if you guys get a chance, play that one too, just because it, it gives you yeah, we'll the play, contrast. Both. You know? Where's the fuss? Go to um, midnightriders.com on the forums. And you can see also the video um, of the, the line of sight video. If you go to um, K-Town video and info, it's one of the thread topics. It's up near the top. Okay. And uh, it'll it'll show the line of sight video. And it'll show um, the Fox News coverage. Do you have so? Do you have some ideas about how to improve the, the you know how to work on public relations? Uh, you know, just for the general public to think of writers not as uh, reckless, but as responsible citizens. Um, you know, there's gonna. You mean gen- cyclists in general, or midnight riders? Uh, well, just people who cyclists who, who are on the street, I guess. I mean, because you know, a lot of times people don't really distinguish. Yeah, I know. Um, public relations-wise, for midnight riders, definitely, it 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 needs to not look so much like a party on wheels and. And which is impossible because people like to just have fun. I mean, but it just, I think that if the public wants to take, you know, that seriously, then there, there is some things that need to be done on, on behalf of like group bike rides. I mean, group bike rides have to, you know, and they generally do, they're generally, you know, People stick to the right-hand side of the road. People are really good about that on the group bike rides. And I think drivers kind of see that. But sometimes things get, you know, people get into the other lanes or that kind of thing. That that kind of thing we really need to work on, I mean, as far as group bike rides go. Um, Yeah. yeah. um, Richie Tomasin, who does Crank Bob. Uh-huh. He's done, I guess, Midnight Riders too, but he was talking about how he sees people sort of, you know, younger people maybe who, who are like, you know, they don't, there was an original spirit of kind of more responsible, or maybe there wasn't, I forget what he was saying. He, he, no, there was, Mid, like, Midnight Riders was always, from the beginning, it was always, you know, respectful of car drivers and and that kind of got away when it when it just blew up, you know, and everybody started doing it, especially younger kids that don't, you know, a lot of kids don't even, you know, they never had a car, so they don't they don't know what it's like to be driving and encounter a cyclist on the road. Like it's it's um you know you it's a two way street. Like the cyclist needs to ride in a responsible manner just like a driver needs to drive in a responsible manner and you know a lot of times even I'm like driving somewhere and a cyclist will whip out in front of me or whatever and and you kind of have to like whoa you know you're herky-jerky kind of rider and you're you're just like man I wish that that guy would just ride in a straight line and and uh not weave around so much because that that can be frustrating to drivers you know definitely hey can I run an idea by you sure uh bike bus where, bike bus. Where you you have like riders go in the morning a main boulevard during rush hour and and like stop yep. at prearranged times at different streets so that you can Dude, join them. I tried to start this like years ago. Called it commutas, <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's you know like 
I don't know. Do you think that there's uh, probably at this point there's a, enough density of of bike riders out there that you could get something like like that going, right? I mean, it comes up every once in a while. Yeah. Like this idea of commuting together, and it's just like it would be so awesome if there was like a real organized effort to do that because I think more people would ride to work. You know. I like commuters. Maybe bike bus commuters. Um. I like bike bus better. It's, it makes more sense to your average here's, here's person. Hold on. It, it does. Um, this is just one of the, the offsets of, of some of the infrastructure that we're, we're building. I know I was at a rollout on, on Thursday, and while everybody was there for the, uh, the safe streets on 7th Streets and some of the Cheryl painting, what, what sort of occupied um, the news cycle that everybody had been talking about it, so I made it the first question they could answer was, uh, how safe can you be with stuff on the road if people are riding around drunk or something? <laughs> so right. it's 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 sort of that's that's the the play, but um, just just the balance is there's there's all sorts of stuff that, that's coming up, and and I mentioned this as a prelude to the fact that uh, when I was at Streets Blog last night, a lot of people were saying that you were going to be organizing a press conference coming up in the next week. Can we can we look forward to something like that, or is that something that that somebody just we're saying off the cuff. Um, no, I, I've been talking about it with people about going down to, uh, I don't know about a press conference, but like a, you know, going to City Hall with yeah. some specific things to ask for. Yeah. Um, and, well, one of the things that, that I think needs to be asked for is that the, the police you know, maybe this is something that needs to be a police commission thing. I'm not yeah. sure. I'd like to get your advice. I'd like to get a bunch of different people's advice about what to really, who to who to go to and who to ask for. But one of the problems that I see happening is that, like I said, like when there's, you know, like a hit and run crime that happens, to me that's a person on person crime. The, the minute that somebody takes off from the scene of an accident, it's no longer about the accident, which it becomes a person-on-person crime. Yeah. I don't think that traffic division should be handling that. I think that that um, you know homicide division should be handling uh, you know if there's a kill and somebody leaves the scene of the accident. It's it's that, it's strange because it's almost been monetized, and, and by that I mean money is of course the entered into this to sort of escalated first first it was just oh you hit somebody you, you stop it's a this chivalrous thing to do then it now becomes your insurance rates are going to go up and it's like well wait a second don't you realize there's a, there's a different kind of level of sanity to this somebody's hurt you help them it doesn't matter if you don't have a license for the rest of your life or if you're never going to drive again you'll cope with that the important thing is to deal with the immediate emergency or something maybe that's the the triage part of me or something but yeah i mean i, there's I, I just, think that's sort of been put on the back burner now because we're, we're looking at which one's more expensive the bicycle or the car and, and forgetting that there are people on it well places. we have we have this somehow in the in in the united states there's this culture of you know i don't know lawsuits and and responsibility there's there's no personal responsibility anymore if you you know like it's now about if you um you know hit somebody on the road and you take off um you're not a responsible citizen you're not a responsible human being and then they find you and you lawyer up and you do everything you can to avoid being responsible for this thing that you 
that you fucking did, you know? It's like, where did that, where did we lose all of that? Like, when I was brought up, you know, it was like, I was brought up to be responsible for my actions. And we're just somehow, this culture is, is, is getting away from that. I mean. Well, hopefully we'll, we'll be more responsible for these things. I know that there's, uh, uh, even a, a, they've changed some of the things today. There was supposed to be, uh, a program today at Inglewood about uh, ending the war on drugs, and now it's become, at the end of the day, they just sort of decided to have a bike ride from there over to this spot. So there's there's people's reactions. I know we, we all want to do something. There's there's one outlet. And, uh, well, I think we need to go. I think this one, we need to be asking, you know, how do we change this? I think we need to ask how we change the the investigative resources when when a yeah. crime happens, like like a DUI or a hit and run. Um, you know, how do we change? Like traffic division is so burdened in this car city. You know, with crashes. I mean, every day there's crashes in the city everywhere. Mm-hmm. I can't imagine the traffic division is not just totally overburdened yeah. with uh, cases. So. We need to shift that over to another department that has better resources to investigate this stuff. I think that needs to change. And I think um, the other thing we can keep pushing for is for the LADOT and for our city leaders to make our streets safer and calmer. Um, and and to and the the speed limits are like it's typical to break the speed limits. Like if you ever tried to drive down a street at the speed limit, it's impossible. You have a bunch of people behind you ready to jump down your throat because you're driving so slow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I like to drive the speed limit, yeah. <laughs> and I like to annoy the hell out of the person behind me. Well, it's it, that's that's an avenue that uh, we we might explore in the future. I know that uh, this week over at uh, the, the uh, Flying Pigeon, they had a, a, a speaker from uh, um, Canada that was talking about how you had to go out and hate cars just, just from the very nature of how they're marketed and what what they stand for and how they've been sort of elongated, looking at the historical viewpoint, uh, uh, their thing against bikes. And I, I thought to myself in a, in a point that that's, that's one way to do it. I, I'd like to think to we can we can get to it by by sharing the road too. You know, maybe this is a, a different viewpoint that needs to be sort of. Uh, I mean, they're both valid. It's just that I, I think one is a little more caustic, and the other one is uh, probably gets to the same ends. But but a lot of people aren't uh, in in harm's way, so to speak. Uh, we got to figure out a way to love people out of their cars. You're not going <laughs> to hate them out of their exactly. cars. Exactly. That's what I was saying. I was, I was <laughs> talking about branding and, and maybe. You know, in, instead of using sex as a as a sort of a, a news grabbing kind of way, maybe use it as a, a coaxing you into Mother Earth and the, the sanity of riding it, a bike versus the insanity of of filling your car up every week and the money and everything else that goes I mean, to something it's, you're it's never going to so get. It's so insane when you think about it. Yeah, it is. Four oh five. I mean, you 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 can look at it from how much money we're we put into this sort of big menagerie of, of the freeway we call, and then, and then on one side of the, of, of the city, 
this is so important that they're going to make it free for the subways, but on the other side of the city, they just sort of, it, it becomes a footnote. And it's like, yeah, the 60s is going to get closed too, but you know what? We're not going to give you anything that weekend. We're just going to tell you about it. And we're not going to even, we're going to charge you the same on subways and buses, even though you need it more. And on this side of side where, you know, nobody really cares, we're going to make it all free that weekend. So I, I, I discussed this with somebody from the bus riders union at Oh, they're, they're making the bus. The buses are free out in the valley. Uh, the buses are going to be free. Just the red line that that weekend that they're taking out the 405, which we I kind of find so funny. Because, uh, <laughs> that's that's I, I think that's a that's a good idea. Well, that's it's cool. it's a great idea, but I think they should extend it from not just the 405 to make it citywide that weekend. Maybe you're sure, why not? I 405, mean, you know, that's green so line. Expensive, though. 110 or anything? Well, see, they're they're looking at it like we're losing money instead of like they'd be gaining face. It's it's the old uh, yeah. Uh, you know. Well, the thing is, this is you know they're they're going to spend this you know billion or how many billions are they spending widening the four? I don't know, but black woman. They should have just put a train, yeah. a, a light rail down the middle of the 405 oh, from the great. orange line to the green line, and kept that open while they were doing the repairs. And make money. They make they make money back oh. from public transportation, but regular freeways and roadways, we put money into it, we destroy it with our four thousand pound cars, yeah. and then the road destroys our four thousand pound cars. It's so expensive. It's 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 funny because the media campaign for this that the news is sort of put on this about the closing down is just insane. And versus uh, something like. Um, you know, they asked people, when was, when was the first time you had any kind of inkling or desire to take Metro? And, and it came like, well, we, we heard about this thing downtown called Cyclavi, and it seemed kind of silly to take a car to something that was bikes. So we took, you know, uh, public transportation, which if you think about it, if that's the first time you've ever used public transportation, well, that's fantastic because it was, a, you know, a, a very pro event and by that mean it's it's there weren't any minuses to it. It it seemed like very positive in that sense. So um Roblox, I hate to do you have any parting words for us because we we've got another caller on the line here. Oh, right on. Um no no parting words. Just everybody <laughs> keep you know, keep calm and try to see this as a systematic problem and not let's not focus on this driver so much. Let's not you know, let's let's not be a lynch mob. Let's let's really, really try to see if we can get some some uh, systematic changes. And uh, and you know, absolutely, absolutely. Do that. Okay, take care, everybody. Thank you. Thanks. All right. Well, um, that was that was a question block, and and uh, I know that uh, there's been a lot of uh, uh, just input on not only online on some of the tweets and the social networking pages but uh uh calls and uh best wishes out there and um our, ours are with the people that got injured and um and and some of the other people that have been uh, inadvertently affected by this i know that uh someone was was going to call in so now the phones are free so hopefully well, actually we'll beginning that happened was roger lucas just called in he was the other another person who was he was the one who went through the windshield and uh uh-huh. he's in the same hospital as Dana and he uh called but his jaw is broken and he oh. doesn't really want to do an interview now. Yeah, so. I yeah, I don't blame him. He, he should heal. 
So yeah, well, maybe next week. Yeah, but m- maybe when he can doesn't have his mouth wired or yeah. or what have you. Well, um, th- this um, this whole thing and the the week up to it, and I'm gonna sort of say a, a couple of things here that might uh, be provocative, but. Uh, Having been to a couple of these other uh, events that were related to getting out of your car, I mentioned the uh, the event that Eves had over there, and uh, he, he he made a couple stops uh, here at Eco Village and, and at the Flying Pigeon. We're going to make that available. I was supposed to have it digitized this week, but the event sort of uh, pushed me into a, another kind of thing. Uh, I know that Flying Pigeon is waiting for their <laughs> copy too. Um, but it it made me aware that uh, a, a lot of people look at this like a war between the car and, and the bicycle, yeah. and I, I really think that it it has to be a, a rethinking of that. That uh, if we want to have cars for for some purposes, they're they're ideally suited, but for other ones, we we need to address their uh, let's just say their negative fallout. And I, I think similarly with uh, bicycles, while they leave a better carbon footprint and they uh, they they travel at a different rate of of speed and um, utilize the road differently. That they too have their place, and I, I think the two of them have to almost coexist. Well, I mean well, they I are now, we, and we do need to have um, some more some space that's not dangerous for bicyclists. It's actually, yeah, yeah. It's, it, I mean, it, it it to me it could be like a law. There could be a lawsuit, you know, saying that. The, biking is the most efficient form of transportation, and yet there's no safe place to do it from one side of town to the other. Yeah, and that was uh, some of the points. Um, we're going to hear a few of them in our in our last few minutes here. Um, I'm I'm really tempted not to play these reports and wait till next week, but uh, uh, time time willing, I'd, I'd rather play uh, something a little different. And that was some of the reports, some of the things that I went to, where other people were telling me things, and uh, I I know that. Um, We've we've danced around this, and we could be pointing at the media the whole time, like, "Well, you said this, or you didn't say this, or you reported this." And it's like we have to remember that they're all sort of jockeying position in your viewers in the morning. And if you make one more sensational than this, or you have better footage or something, and it's funny because they all use the same footage. It was an RG. Yeah, but they they weren't just making it. Yeah, I guess they were sensationalizing it, but they it, were. It was also the the point. The reason I bring this up is because um, the. The idea that um, you can look at the news cycle, May is usually the sweeps and it's ended, and now it's June, a lot of people are out, so what do you do? You're going to he- see an increase in stories about sex or whatever. And, of course, um, it- it's funny that, that the lead-in stories for these things were in the same week that they're demanding the resignation of this... Uh, um, um, yeah, over, over, over sexting somebody or texting or whatever. And, and it's funny because they just had a, a slew of those things in front. And this on the, on the tail end of, of Schwarzenegger and all this other stuff. And, and so it's just, you know, they're not looking at it as, as there are people involved. You know, maybe, maybe really, we really don't need to know every little detail about somebody that's, yeah. that's in this thing because there's, there's real people involved. There's a real kid involved. And, and I know this might not be the best thing to say on Father's Day, but maybe we need to give these people space, um, for the, for that. But in, in terms of, um, this point with, um, how, how the media looked at this, uh, I think they just sort of said, Oh, we're going to just roll it into the same ball of wax and report it that way. 
and, and it's hard yeah, to look see. at it more let's than, than a. Let's see the. Let's see the. Okay, well, um, we'll we'll look at this, and then I'm going to go back to something, and you're going to say, well, why am I going to uh, the Eco Village and uh, and the bus riders? But you're going to hear from it. It is Kill Radio, and let's see if I can bring KPFK it up. too. And, and KBFK on the webcast. We're near Culver City. The driver crashed into the group at Jefferson Boulevard and Hertzler Road. This morning, witnesses tell CBS News' Kirk Hawkins the driver may have been going 60 miles an hour when she plowed into the bikers overnight. With one bike after another on the ground, it looked like a demolition derby with bikes all over the road after a horrible crash. Paramedics loaded one victim into an ambulance near Jefferson Boulevard and Hertzler Road early this morning. She was one of nine cyclists injured when a suspected drunk driver slammed into a crowd of 100 that included this man named Luigi. All I just saw was, you know, watch out, you know, and I just saw everybody get just dragged. Everybody got dragged like a bowling ball. The group was riding together as part of a weekly late night bike ride that began at Wilshire and Vermont in Koreatown. But frequent riders say it's never ended like this. We never seen this before and it's kind of, it's just, I guess, we're in bad luck, I guess you could say. I mean, we can't prevent it, so I mean, luckily, I hope everybody's okay. The LAPD says the group that calls themselves the K-Town Riders were standing in the street near the Los Angeles-Culver City border at the time. Some cyclists in the group believe the driver reached speeds upwards of 60 miles per hour at the time of the crash. It was not good, but after the hit, after the crash, I would just help everybody out. The suspected drunk driver was behind the wheel of this white Honda Civic. As you can see, it had massive front-end damage and a shattered windshield after the crash. Inside the cup holder of the car, you can see a lighter, Ziploc bag, and an aluminum can. Some of the cyclists are now planning to spend the day at local hospitals, watching over their friends and family. I'm not mad at this person for what has happened, but... Some of my friends are in the hospital right now, and I have to go to the hospital and stay there. The LAPD says the driver was booked on drunk driving charges, but they also say that the group of bicyclists was also partially to blame because they were in the middle of the street. Near Culver City, Kirk Hawkins, CBS 2 News. So we, we, this is the initial report that, that uh, I started. To, you know, I, I'm, I'm of this opinion, I, I guess, that I'm, I'm going to see what they're reporting and look at it, but instead of just looking and viewing, I, I started to grab for videotape or, in this case, a, a, a recorder or of some type. And, and this was at 11 o'clock. They'd already been reporting on this for about three hours, including what really amazed me was they were talking about things that, that are sort of erroneous. You even made a comment about, like, what, what's a Ziploc bag and a and a, a can of Red Bull have to do with anything. And yeah, I, I think it has to do... Yeah, I, I think what they're trying to do is th these are just things in your car. But the the, the important thing was I, I noticed on the on some of the um, um, threads that they they were there and they had questioned and some of the eyewitnesses uh, had had talked to them and, and there's been a lot of discussion whether this is going to ruin uh, a legal case case later on because so many people had read about this and then you're tainted by by reports or anything. Um, the, this is w what came out of the social network, uh, when it first happened. And there were reports that people had gone up and asked her and she admitted th that she'd been drinking and she also admitted she was texting. So there, there you go. I mean, maybe that explains she why, why so many people were hit. She probably wouldn't have admitted that, 
after reflecting on the whole thing? Probably, probably not. She would have probably remained silent. But anyway, what was really funny is these are both going on simultaneously. I'm switching over channels. I, I don't have the same setup I used to have with the three TV sets recording. <laughs> I know everybody, everybody talks about it, but no, uh, it, it used to be how I used to watch news, uh, being, b- going to school and taking all these things you you learn how to watch how the networks sort of place those things here's here's another report pretty much almost on top of each other uh at the 11 o'clock hour on the same day on thursday we have more breaking news now we have more breaking news now they weren't supposed to be riding here at all but worst of all police say the riders were hanging out in the first lane which makes them partially at fault. Still, police say the driver, 27-year-old Christine DeHaab, is now under arrest facing possible felony drunk driving charges. She told them she was looking down at her phone at the time of the crash. Her family says she lives in this apartment nearby the scene, but they don't want to go on camera. As for the cyclist, many left the accident site feeling traumatized. I don't feel like riding my bike no more. Like, I'm shocked. I'm scared. Police also wonder why so many of those riders were wearing dark clothing so late at night. The cyclists tell us that they all had lights on and that safety is a big priority for them. Reporting live from Cedar sinai Alex Michelson, ABC7 Eyewitness News. So I, I, there, there's the other report that came uh, up, and, and you'll notice that it, this is the 11 o'clock news cycle, and so they report on everything. And now, instead of being at the scene, all these reporters are now in front of the hospital at Cedars, in fact, and they're, 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 they're doing this. And, it, and it's kind of strange because later on in the day, it was the same kind of reaction to this. And, and I, I, I'm not questioning how they cover the news. I'm just questioning about the... Um, and and I'm not asking about the, the, the nature. I'm just asking about some of the biases that they, they could in because they'll see these things and sort of assume something else. And I think yeah. that's probably how condoms that may or may not have been with their riders or, or beer things. I mean, we're talking about a park that during the day probably has a high volume of people. And even towards the later hours, uh, I'm not I'm not saying the parks are... are you know, religious institution or something, but I'm sure that there's a certain amount of, of uh, let's just say, other behavior that goes on there. Well, yeah, he, they changed his tune. Yeah. His earlier report, the same guy. Yeah. Mentioned that there were beer oh, and condoms. Oh, yeah, there's there's the there's second. some other reports here that that I I did uh, log uh, the one with um, Amy Powell. She she goes from being almost this thing, and then all these blogs. They there were a lot of people that actually sent blogs. Uh, to them and said, "Hey, look, we really don't like this commenting and stuff," and it and it totally changed from that report. They went back and recut it. Huh. So um, maybe we'll discuss that next week. As I'm looking at the clock now and seeing that we've overextended, maybe we'll go for another ten, fifteen minutes. We can, here. yeah. No, yeah, we'll we'll try because this is such an important thing. Let's see um, what Thank I had you, next Alex. on this on the cycle the thing. So. Uh, in between this and Chip, thank you for that report. lawsuits, this is KTLA today, did something about one. Two of them critically after a suspected drunk driver plowed into them early this morning near Culver City. They were part of a group of about 70 cyclists that had just visited the Baldwin Park Scenic Overlook. KTLA's Dave Meekham spoke to one cyclist who was knocked unconscious by the impact. Did you see it coming toward you? Yeah. I seen it coming, and after that, I just blacked out and woke up in the floor. The first thing you saw when you woke up? 
like I seen people crying, people like screaming, calling the call the cops, call the cops. Everybody was screaming. Lucky to be walking away. His mother there to pick him up, albeit scraped up. Nearly a dozen others taken to Westside hospitals. Two of them critical here on Jefferson Boulevard, west of Rodeo. The female driver facing felony DUI. Witnesses say there was basically no warning. In my mind, I was thinking like, it's going to move, you know, it's going to turn. And it just kept going through. And at that point, I just like I seen people flying. I tried to just move everybody who was close to me back. And it took the rest of the people out. Like, at least 30, 25 people got hurt. This group of 70 or so cyclists stopped on Jefferson Boulevard near Culver City just before 2 this morning. Some stood in the bike lane, others spilling into a driving lane. They were waiting for those behind to catch up. They'd ridden to the top of the Baldwin Hills Scenic Outlook. This ride itself beginning in Koreatown, just like it does every Wednesday night. And that street light above the cyclists, another piece. It was out at the time in Baldwin Village. Dave Meekham, KTLA 5 News. Well, the, the driver has been identified as 27-year-old Christina Dehab. She's she is expected to face felony DUI charges. Another divorce. So you you can see that uh, later in the day they started reporting in a little more balanced. Uh, at least uh, the Channel Five one started out that way, and um, it's and that's how they continue. And, and and maybe that's why we shouldn't pick at one or, or another or something, in, including somebody like Fox who did cover it pretty much the same way. And we have that. That coming up later. Anyway, um, this is um, what media outlets face all the time. They're they're trying to do this. Um, we actually went to a couple other events and, and got to talk to people on the street about their reaction, which was 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 kind of um, unique and stuff. And uh, I'll uh, I'll play a little bit of this now. Um, I know that uh, I had a report here for uh, some things about the China bike sharing program they're doing but we'll get to that next week along with some other reports um this was at the event and it was uh, supposed to be a rollout Hi, for, nice to meet you. Nice for, to meet you. Uh, for um um taking back uh, your neighborhood um kind of the korea town's night out with all the and what we did is we bumped into a, a friend of ours here that we we've seen in a number of here we here we go she was gonna um, i i I, I, it I, I don't it. know if I agree with all his things about hating a car. So uh, we were talking about Air, Eves who would come down. Oh, we, I, uh, Eves. And I'm, I'm trying to uh, re-cue it again here. Kill Radio, our equipment, trying to stand the test of abuse here. Uh, it is Bike Talk, and it's on KPFK on the webcast, the podcast, and, of course, uh, Kill Radio here heard... Uh, on Saturdays from uh, 10 to noon, and going a little bit over. Here we here we go. We're at the uh, right, right. Yeah. Uh, quite a shindig. Yes. yes. How are you? How are you? Good. Good. I was going to call you the other day. Don't call any time. It got out of hand, and I get What was the event? It was the guy who wrote that book, Stop Signs, Cars, and Capital. Oh, we, uh, Eves. He was over at the bike, uh, uh, at the Flying Pigeon on Sunday. Oh, so you saw him? So, we, yeah, we videotaped it. In fact, we're going to play some. He, he did, he did. He talked about it. He did sell some books, yeah. Yeah, so he was at Eagle Village. I don't know if I agree with all his things about hating a car just to get uh, a bicycle agenda, but 
if you see what they do for the car, I mean, just today after that event, I was really, I was really kind of uh, dumbfounded by the fact that uh, all these people, I mean, I mean, this woman drunk runs over all these things and they're blaming bike riders. Yeah. Uh, I, I I haven't seen it. I know on one news station they were just blatantly saying that the bike riders were might have been in the wrong and I'm thinking well you know just because you're on the street doesn't mean that you're fair game to be hit by a car and and the other thing was I know that another station had said uh, we think that the lights were out there the actual facilities all, all were dark when they went in I, but if you're drunk and driving that fast and checking your phone you might want to rethink how you're driving or if you're looking at your GPS or if you're texting yeah. or if you're fixing your makeup because you're about to just coming here, just coming right here, right now, somebody was in their car and I said, hey man, and he goes, what's going on? And I go, dude, you got two hands on your on your, on your your phone and you're going uphill in a 3,000 pound car. I said, you may want to rethink that because the bus is right in front of you. Yeah, absolutely. All right, hey, well, thanks for talking to us. I do, and I'm going to talk to you in a minute. Yeah. All right, that that was uh, we, we're going to talk to him at, at length. Um, hopefully, later today on Talk is Still Cheap, we'll play some of this. Uh, that was from the uh, Bus Riders Union that are doing a lot of good things, and in fact, uh, some of the issues we talked about this morning come up into it uh, because, believe it or not, he doesn't ride the bus all the time. He has a bike too. <laughs> He's multimodal. He multimodal, but but uh, for him, it's not just about his freedom to ride a bike. It's also about making it safe enough, or almost a civil rights issue for everybody else that people should be able to to pursue happiness in whatever mode or medium they're they're going to, not just exclusively out of the car. What's his name? Um, I, w- I want to say, she was saying Chris, I think his name was Eric, but we're going to find out for sure <laughs> before we broadcast it tonight at 6 o'clock. Isn't this great? I, I'm, I'm, you know, we meet people and we're always, everybody, I, I know the same thing happens to you. They go, Nick, it's Nick, right? Ch- chicken. Chicken, chicken pleather? And I go, sure, sure, that's close enough, you know. Chicken, yeah. chicken foot, chicken feather. You know, yeah. uh, chicken George, any of those, any just just something about chicken or something. And I, I uh, chicken soup. I, I joke about that because uh, on TMZ, I guess the last few weeks they've been talking about chicken genocide or something. A lot of people are on chicken protein diets or something. So, and then of course the Foster Farms chickens. I'm always equated with those chickens. And of course our our, our friend over there at uh, Orange Twenty. Gotcha. That, yeah, he's. He's always joking about chickens too, and and of course, which came first, the chicken or the uh, the chicken leather? So, we're gonna get into that next week, or maybe the we won't. Maybe we shouldn't get into it. It is Kill Radio. This is Bike Talk. And, uh
KPFK on the podcast. There you go. And, and the email is livebiketalk at gmail.com. And before we go, we want to extend our uh, condolences, not not necessarily uh, apology. <laughs> we just want to make sure everybody gets well really quick and our thoughts are with you as are a lot of the people in the bike and even the, the uh, car community are. So get well soon, all yeah. you people. Um, so I guess we'll we'll leave off the the rest of the footage. You can I'm sure you can find it off. Yeah. Facebook. It's yeah. Posted there. Okay. Their ferry back to Ecuador, up Central America, past Mexico. It's 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 a different bike theme today. Here we'll try and. Uh, okay, we got it. I-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-E-E-L-K-